This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Centre Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. Yes, and welcome back to Life Beats Live from the Sharjah Book Fair. And we have with us right now uh, one of the titans of UAE publishing. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> Iman Bin Sheba, CEO and editor-in-chief of Sale Publishing and the vice president of the Emirates Publishers Association as well. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. We're so glad to have you. You know, this is uh, huge because Sharjah celebrating World Book Capital this year. Sale Publishing has been a huge part yeah. of, uh, you know, Emirati Publishing for so long now. You guys have been breaking new ground, telling stories that have not been told before, both in print and online. Yep. Talk to us about where you're at, right. Um So it's been a crazy journey, but I love every bit of it. Um, so aside of the magazine, obviously, we've got the books, and this is the second year we're participating with the book fair uh, with our books. Uh, we're coming with more and more titles than ever. Um, I think between last year and this year, we have 12 new, actually 13 new titles. Um, a lot of them are kids' books. You've got poetry books. You've got fiction. You've got a cookbook, and yes. I believe you know about that one. Yes, um, Chef Badr is yes. coming out with a new book, cookbook. This is going to be so cool. And like, it's not even out of the prints yet, and we have so many people coming in and saying, "Is it ready? Is it here? Can you get it?" I was like, "I'm sorry, guys, it's not even out of the printer yet." <laughs> we, uh, but yeah, yeah, we cannot wait. I mean, you've got so many titles uh, being launched yeah. uh, as well right now. Uh, somebody else who is a uh, very much a friend of Pulse 95 as well, Sana Azam. Yes. Uh, she is coming out to, for her book signing to uh, and launch Leading Speakers. Yes. This is very cool. Yeah, you know, so she's talking about the whole like uh, journey and like mentoring of, of you know people who want to come in and become public speakers and the kind of things and lessons that they learn along the way. So it's a, it's a really great book for anyone who wants to get into that field as well. Chema Bahiri mm-hmm. is also uh, doing a book signing for her book, Sir Al-Ibtisama. Yes. It's so sweet. This is an Arabic uh, kids Kids book. book, Yeah, and it's all about the secret of the 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 smile. It's a very actually interesting book. Tell me. So the kids, it's a kids book, and it talks about a story of a guy. So it's a very, it's a it's a bit of a folklore kind of story. It talks about a guy who's a little bit poor, um, but every time before he leaves the house, he puts he brings um, a piece of uh, a fat. And he just like taps it on his lips so that it becomes shiny and greasy. So people think he just ate. And every time people pass him by and say, oh, hello, come and join us for lunch. He's like, no, don't worry. Um, the, the sheikh has actually been very generous with me. So they think because his lips are shiny and greasy, they think he just had a big meal with him. So by time, people start to say, it's like, what's wrong with him? He never joins us anymore and so on. And he's done all this ploy because he knows that if he accepts anyone's invitation, he will have to... Uh, reply it back so he's yeah. having to invite them again and he yeah. can't afford it so this was his way of dodging it this is the um, thing about Arabs you exactly. cannot be invited without inviting back exactly so eventually the news comes to the sheikh and he, he's like he brings him over he's like what is your story and gets to know it and then learns that this is what it is and learns that you, know, you can be humble in a very indirect way without having to tell people that you have conditions and stuff so it's a beautiful book Wow, it's amazing. I'm interested in the way that uh, Emirati or the culture of Emirati reading and writing has evolved over the years. Yeah. Can you talk specifically about 2019 and what trends you've been seeing and, and how the culture has been emerging? 
So I've, I've noticed, at least from our side at Safe Publishing, we've noticed two different uh, patterns are emerging. Uh, poetry books have been really emerging a lot with the youth in, in UAE. Um, and I'm talking about whether Emirati youth or non-Emirati youth. A lot of them are enjoying the reading of poetry, consuming it and creating it. Um, so with Instapoets and so on, you find a lot of the poets coming in, creating posts on Instagram and like the short poems, but everyone can relate to it. So when you start consuming something a lot, it's a natural process for you to actually eventually start creating that as well. So we've had a lot, I think now we have about seven poetry books being published by the youth and like the young ones love to read them. So this is one of the trends that we've been having. The other trend has been uh, kids books. People are just loving to write kids books and there's a lot of creative illustrators who are so passionate about illustrating them with beautiful artwork. So, yeah, those are and even things. in Arabic, because yeah, yeah. you know that this is what we hear about a lot. That there aren't enough options uh, sure. in the Arabic language Absolutely. as well. Correct. So yeah, with kids books, we're trying to focus with Arabic more than anything. Um, we've only launched one English kids book this year, and definitely the reason we've we've accepted it because it's a topic that's very passionate to my heart. Uh, it's about marine pollution. Um, so it talks about how the overconsumption of plastic and so on, and then there's the whole island of plastic in the middle of the ocean and how it's because we have been over-consuming and not careful about what we're consuming. So it's a very strong message. We're like, okay, fine, let's publish it in English. We'll eventually translate it, but it was originally written uh, by a non-Arab speaker, so. I'm interested in the poetry. So to go back to that, yeah. you talked about Instagram poetry, for instance. Could you talk a little bit about the influences that you've been seeing? Because I'm interested in that young Emirati sensibility. Yeah. Do they have any uh, Western authors they look up to or a certain type of poetry that moves their poetry? I think all are very different than each other. Uh, but I've, I've noticed, like, I can't pinpoint names, to be honest, because right. it would be sometimes endorsing or stuff, and I really don't want to sure. do that. Uh, but uh, I've noticed like even in the cover of the books that they choose, they have been influenced a lot by them. So what we noticed at the very beginning, I didn't get it, but I noticed that there's a whole pattern between the young ones who prefer to go with darker color covers. And I was like, you guys are so dark, but that's what they gravitate towards. So the moment I have any young person passing by our stand, they gravitate towards the dark cover really? ones. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, so you dark covers, but is it also dark subject matter? No, 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 absolutely not. What about not. the themes? Can you talk a bit about so the, the themes and So the themes have been poems? more about coming of age, um, finding self, um, a bit of love and romance, um, finding yourself with relationships across in your life, uh, where do you want to be, who you are, and those kind of stuff, which is really a typical early 20s issues that kids would talk about. And so talk to us about being at the Sharjah Book Fair. It's yeah. The third largest book fair in the world. Yes. You know, you've seen it evolving over the years, yeah. and now we're celebrating a really big milestone this yes. year. Uh, Tell us about your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think it's really marvelous. Um, I think, as well, not to mention the number of great names that are happening this year. It's, it's just phenomenal. incredible in every way. Um, I've, I've started coming to the book fair since I was a really young kid, and I've always remembered that coming with my dad, um, and like it would be like a one or twice every, every year that we'd have to go to it. Um, and I'd, I'd remember that like, I'd walk out of the book fair with a bag that's as 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 high as me. You know? right. <laughs> and my dad would be like, yeah, this is Palestinian. Like, you know, you may be broke today. Uh, but he would say it with all the love because he really wanted to has to have it all. And like, I read everything on earth, like trivia, um, the humor stuff, jokes, um, encyclopedias, fiction. So I really loved it. So for me to come now at this age and actually have a booth here surrounded by publishers of always respected is just for me a whole full circle moment. And I love it. It's not just that, uh, but of course, you know, this year you were appointed as the vice president yes. of the Emirates Publishers Association. Yeah. So it, it's incredible when you talk about just coming as a young girl 
to the book fair, to, to being part of such a respected organization. Yes, uh, talk to us about how uh, now that's evolving for you and, and what's happening with EPA and with the book fair. So it's very interesting with EPA because uh, what we're trying to do is trying to help push the industry a bit further than whatever it is. And yes. like it's the EPA has been there for um, about 10 years. Uh, it was founded by Sheikh Abidul Qasmi and um, uh, at the beginning it had only about 11 members and now you're talking about an association of about 150 members uh, and we're trying to bring all the publishers in the country on board, trying to support the industry, trying to see what is exactly required, what can we do to help with the regulations, how can we make it a better safe space for the industry to grow in and a better ecosystem. Um, so it's just about really hearing out from all the publishers and saying, okay, what do you guys need? Like, is there something lacking? How can we come in and help? And I think it has been amazing. Yeah. What would you say to people who um, say that, okay, print is not in anymore? Because <laughs> uh, I've heard that quite a bit, even oh. from people coming here. Is, is that, how would you respond so, to that? Here's the a fun consumption fact. of books okay. in particular well, here. Well, here's a fun fact. We publish our books digital and print. Yeah. So we're kind of like, okay, I see where it is. Um, <laughs> but I don't think we are fully there in digital yet. Um, for us, every book that we publish, we publish in print and digital, so I see the difference in sales. But do you know, like someone like me, I, I pr much prefer to read print than okay. to read digital. I, digital I know <laughs> you're the opposite. I know, I know. Which, yeah, you know, that's but the it's thing. fine. As long as you read, where does it, yeah. what does it matter? That's all what matters to me. You read digital, you read print, you, read, you listen by audio, whatever it is, whatever rocks right. your boat. As long as you read, that's all what matters. Statistics-wise, we don't have strong statistics to show it for one reason because we have always statistics of the book sales uh, in print, but you don't always have the statistics of the eBooks being sold. Uh, it's a very um, manual process. So only if a publisher shares with you how much they actually sold. Other than that, you don't get those numbers. Uh, other than the books, when it comes in print, you get the numbers from bookshops, you get the numbers from uh, book fairs and so on. So it's a different thing. So because you don't have an accurate way of measuring, I can't say, Yes, it's definitely more or less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Uh, something else that Sale does, which we love so much, is that you actually publish articles. You have Sale yes. magazine, yes, and that is also available online as Absolutely, well. Yeah. Um, some brilliant, brilliant articles that are, are coming out this month: um, Working Women and the Stigma of Loneliness. I love this article so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, my writer Jamana, Jamana Salama, she's a Saudi writer, and we've been discussing this a lot recently, where. Um, at the end of the day, we have moved into a community or into a lifestyle of working women, and we like the, it's a different lifestyle than ever it was before. But some, it, it's a natural thing for you to eventually want to have a family and stuff. But the problem is, the moment you start to express it, people say, "No, no, no, just live your life." I'm like, "Hello, like, okay, fine, we've lived our life." Like, it's like she was like in her early um, mid twenties, like I'm in my early thirties. Uh, so we're saying how uh, you get attacked just by expressing a natural biological, I wouldn't say need, but like a requirement that yes. it's not for you to want it. But people just are so afraid of handling that emotion or that feeling that they just want to shut it down. And they say, no, you're just being brainwashed to think that this is what you need. It's like, oh, no, I'd like to defer. <laughs> um, so she, she tackled the topic and she wrote about it from, from a whole different angle, trying to elaborate what does it really mean to be a working woman and still, actually, it doesn't mean that you can either be this or have a family. You can have both. Right. And that doesn't bring you any less. It's just, this is what a human being exactly. is. Exactly. It's like, you know, why why are we being judged either way? Why do you have to choose? Why do you have to choose? 
choose exactly. and why are you being judged for the choice? Exactly. Uh, I, I love that you're tackling these kind of topics as well. One of the other topics we tackled and I really, really, really love this article because a lot of people have been relating to it. It's a topic, uh, an article about Islam and mental health. And it was about how a lot of the uh, people who suffer from mental health or so on, they get told all the time that, oh, you just have to pray more or read Quran more and so on. We hear on. that so much. Exactly. And we, we wanted to tackle that topic, but, and that the writer for that article was Amir al-Ghafri. So we wanted to talk about that topic, but without dissing a side or the other. So you want to say that, yes, Islam does help, but that doesn't mean when you are a strong Muslim, you do not at all suffer from mental health. So she brought examples exactly. from different prophets saying that when the prophet, uh, his wife died, his kid died, how he was really grieving and how there was certain verses in the Quran where God was addressing him. How and the father he had to comfort him. Exactly. And how the, uh, the father of uh, Yusuf, um, when he lost him, it's like he lost his side because of his grief. So if you're talking about prophets going through this grief, how on earth are you telling me as a normal human being I shouldn't have those feelings? Exactly. So yeah, it's a strong powerful. article. I love it. Yeah. This yeah. is really powerful stuff. You know, those conversations that are not being had exactly. elsewhere exactly. as well. Uh, this is really cool as well uh, in terms of tackling autism. Yes. Um, the primitive reflexes in autism and the strategies used to yeah. develop them. Yeah. This is very interesting. So Dr. Nazima is the one who wrote that one. Mm. He, she has a son with autism. Yeah. And so she's writing really from a personal perspective, which makes it even more relatable to a lot of people because not all of us knows of, know, know about those stuff. Uh, so she talks about the experiences of her child and how they started to realize that certain reflexes that we have as we develop when we are atypical, um, like for instance, if you touch something hot, you automatically take off your hand. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily happen as auto-reflex with, with autism people and how it's a whole therapy process where you have to train them to actually develop those reflexes so they can actually grow into you know uh, different spheres of life. So, yeah. What's interesting about um, what I've been seeing as well on, your, on, on the SAIL website and some of the articles and features that are coming out is I'm seeing more of these terms come up like uh, intersectionality and, and, and the cultural appropriation and all those different terms. We've been seeing a lot more of that lately, but can you talk about the way people's thinking has changed recently over the past few years? So I think we've been influenced a lot by uh, Western media in general, uh, which is very interesting because we are living in a country where you're talking about 200 nationalities. So yeah. we're bound to relate with them. We're bound to actually interact with them. And we want to become in a harmonious society. Um, so to try to bring that, whatever we've learned from cultural appropriation, whatever we've learned from how to live in one, how can we remain with an identity without really taking away from other people's identity and just us being different doesn't mean that one of us is wrong or the other. So it has been very important. And like a couple of the other writers once wrote about how when we dress in abaya, it becomes like an immediate barrier for a lot of people. They can't feel that they can come and talk with us. They think that this means and that, oh, I'm saying stay away. So she talks about how a lot of times the moment like she one of uh, my writers, she's an archer. So she's like, um, when I am not wearing my abaya and I'm wearing the uniform of the archery, everyone talks to me. And she's like, the moment I put my abaya, people become, it's like I become invisible and people don't see me. So she tackles that topic and just tries to talk about it. She's like, I'm the same person, but a uniform can actually do so much to isolate us. So exactly. It's just people a, who yeah. wear hijab say the same thing exactly. oftentimes as well. Yes, I absolutely agree. This yeah, is yeah. something, you know, it's incredible. This is why I have so much respect for you, Iman. Thank you. Thank and, you. and what you've done with Sale. Thank you.
and the conversations that you are starting, you can uh, find uh, salemagazine.com. That's the website to, to get on there. That's correct. It's salemagazine.com. Yeah. Salemagazine. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, there is okay. an E in the middle. Yeah. Sale as in, you know, sales of a boat. Yes. Uh, and then E in the middle and magazine. Sale or e-magazine. just Google sale magazine. You'll UAE find it. That's what I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell us where your stand is so that everybody can come visit you. We're in Hall 2, C22. All right. Make sure you go and visit. We have amazing books, you guys. <laughs> and uh, you've got authors coming through. Yes. Book signings are going Across on. Across the whole book fair. How do we find out more about that? You can follow our Instagram or our Twitter. Uh, both uh, platforms, we are Sale Publishing. S-A-I-L Publishing. P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-N-G. Amazing. Thank you amazing. so much for having me. Always brilliant having you. you on. We're going to let you Thank go you. now. And that's it for us here on Life Beats for another day at the International Book Fair. We're going to be back with you again tomorrow. Not Life Beats, but there's a very special show that is happening tomorrow afternoon as well, again. Absolutely. We have the weekend show. Tune in from 4 to 6 uh, for the thorough discussions of the Sharjah International Book Fair and some compelling literary conversations with your favorite authors. Exactly. 4 to 6 on the weekend. Yes, and Life Beats will be back from 10 a.m. here again at the Book Fair. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.